Hi everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are a regular follower to this podcast, you are welcome back as always. And if you're a new follower, then you're also very welcome. This week, um, we're going to be chatting about finding your why and careers. And I'm really, really excited about that. Before I introduce this week's guest, um, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a background to the podcast if you're new. My name is Kira Kelly. I'm an Irish girl and a qualified medical doctor, and I'm working in public health. Uh, based in Galway at the moment and I run the blog the Irish Balance blog and as you guys know because you're listening to it at uh, the Irish Balance podcast and social media as well and my passion in medicine is about prevention about the power of prevention for our long-term health and um, particularly around our how our lifestyles affect our health too. Now finding my path in medicine was something that I was really passionate about as well and it took me quite a bit of time to figure out that it was public health I wanted to pursue and that was why I went and did a master's in public health and nutrition last year. So I'm really interested in that idea of finding the right career path for you and so I'm delighted that my guest this week is Angela Burke who some of you might know she's at the integrative coach on Instagram. Angela is originally from Galway, so shout out to the west of Ireland and has a background in commerce as an undergraduate and in career development and coaching as a postgraduate. She now has her own career coaching business based in Dublin with the goal of helping people live the life they desire by securing jobs and ultimately building the career that enables them to do that. So welcome to the Irish Balance podcast. Angela, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me, Kira. I'm delighted to have you. It's great to have such, um, I think it's quite a different topic um, this week on the podcast. Normally we're quite health focused and talk about different health behaviours, but this is a really important, I suppose, part of life and something we probably don't talk about enough. I completely agree. Yeah. I'd love you to introduce yourself to the listeners. I know I've done a little bit of an intro there, but um, let us know who you are and um, maybe the story of what's brought you to, to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, so like you said, a very proud Galway woman. Um, <laughs> it's actually hilarious that you're recording from Galway and I'm up here in Dublin. <laughs> I know the irony. We've swapped now. I've moved there to the big smoke. <laughs> Swap locations. But yeah, very proud um, Galway woman. I did my degree. So I did the Bachelor of Commerce in NUIG um, down in Galway. And to be very honest, um, like I'd say 95% of the population, didn't really know what I wanted to do, Kira. Um, commerce, mm. I think it was kind of a sound decision, you know, a bit of all types of business. So like you have your accountancy, your economics, your bit of kind of tech and computers in there, marketing mm. and HR. So it just felt like a kind of safe kind of choice, if you will. Yeah. Um, a little uh, sneaky tip that I, I don't think I've actually mentioned this even before on my own channel, but I actually um, I worked as a like part time in school um, as a hairdresser and in college. That was my hair was my absolute passion. So I always thought, you know what, if I go down the hairdressing route, I'll open my own business. And therefore, if I have commerce as a degree, it'll help me to do that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I never that didn't that. happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little little uh, little hobby on the side, um, sure. but anyway, so you know, got stuck into commerce, and it came to final year, and in final year, you had to choose which stream, I guess, to undertake. Um, mm. And if I look back now in hindsight, I can see that even there, I was heavily influenced. So, like my, there was no one really studied business in my family. I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, and I knew I was very interested in the marketing stream and the HR stream, but I didn't know which to pick. And I actually got information from my sibling. Um, and I say this a lot, a lot of my workshops and 
he said to me, don't do marketing, because if you do marketing, I think the only job you can do is door to door sales. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with door to door sales, but I am not a salesy person. And I also don't like the rain. And if you're doing door to door sales, Jenna Galway, you're going to be out in the rough weather. It rains a little bit in Galway, yeah. It does. (laughs) You probably noticed. So I I was like, oh, God, no, you know, that wouldn't suit me at all. Right, I'll do HR. Now, thankfully, I did keep a few modules of marketing, which, you know, keeps my creative side going. But anyways, did HR. Um, I came out of college in 2009, so completely recession time. Um, And to be honest, like, I'm actually going back to that, like, in my head now. I'm going back thinking and, like, there was no jobs at all. Like, all of the entry-level kind of graduate jobs were cut, um, particularly if you think of HR. Like, it's probably, I think back then, I remember people saying, oh, it's one of the first areas that are cut um, in a mm. recession, etc. So, like, I remember ringing around different places, like, saying, I'll, I'll work for free. I just want to, you know, get a little bit of work experience, get my foot in the door in HR. Um, and I found it quite hard in that I didn't have any connections. Um, and I found it really hard to actually get that first job. But lucky enough, um, I did. So I started as a graduate in a big um, tech multinational company in Dublin, moved to the big smoke um, yeah. and quickly kind of wiggled my way into HR. So I actually started off in it with like a sales support position. Didn't suit me at all. But my kind of strategic plan was get in there make impressions, network with HR, become best friends with HR and like Mm. get a position in there. And that's what I did. So I quickly, excuse me, I quickly wiggled my way into an entry level position in HR um, and then very quickly kind of fell into the recruitment side of HR. So again, something you don't realise when you're in college, but even Mm. within HR, there's all of these different areas. So I found myself in recruitment um, and I suppose hiring for all different areas within that multinational company from tech to marketing to sales, etc. And then very quickly, I suppose I was quite young. I was only 21 or 22. Mm. And quite quickly, I found that I loved working on the graduate roles that they started as things started to pick up again they started to hire some graduates um, into various roles. And I was like, oh, like, I think I'd love to go out to like a college fair and like chat to these graduates. So I remember at the time I said to my manager, can you give me some budget to go down to, I think I wanted to go down to UL, can't remember why, there must have been a specific course that the hiring manager was mm-hmm. interested in. And I was like, will you give me some budget to go down to UL? And I really think that graduates would love to work for this particular type of company. Um, my manager was amazing and he totally believed and me was like okay and then I was like hmm I'm just going to create a pop-up stand to bring down with me <laughs> um, right. and I'll bring some some kind of young people in the company down that you know will be relatable to the graduates and next thing I had this whole like marketing plan if you will when there was no such thing as like recruitment marketing back then so I suppose to cut a long story very short here I ended up kind of building a bit of a niche for myself in graduate recruitment. Um, okay. It wasn't really a thing back then. You were, you know, you were a recruiter and you hired all types of positions. Um, and then subsequently ended up gra- like actually building a graduate program for that company for Ireland. And right. then um, went on to be promoted and kind of built it for Europe. Um, and that was really cool. Like I suppose that was my first um, little introduction into management then. At, like I think I might have been about 24, 25 at that stage. And I was Very like, young, yeah. yeah, like managing um, 
I suppose different people across different countries within the company um, did, you know, all of the mistakes, learned all the hard way. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but then took that learning, hit my five year mark in that company and thought, OK, you know what, I'm so safe here um, and I'm so comfortable. And I just I don't know, there was something in the back of my mind saying, if you stay here too much longer, you're going to be afraid to move. And also, if I'm honest, I think when you join a company as a graduate, they even if you are getting promoted, I think they always kind of see you as that young kind of yeah. graduate that came in the door and I just kind of felt like do you know what I've had so much learning um I kind of want to take it elsewhere now and be a little bit challenged and not be so safe for a while okay so ended up moving into various different companies doing grad recruitment moving a little bit into the marketing side um, ended up working for one of the big four and managing um their graduate recruitment team across Ireland um and along the way then, so that's kind of where the career coaching peeps in. So along the way, you know, when you're out on campus and out in the colleges and interacting with the graduates, I just felt every time I was chatting to them, I went back and remembered how vulnerable I felt when I was moving to Dublin straight out of college and didn't know what to do. And I just loved spending time with them. I loved helping them. And I just thought, oh, my God, there's actually like a job in the college where you can be a career consultant and you can help these students all day long. So mm. I ended up doing that. And I worked in Trinity College in Dublin for a year as a career consultant. Um, okay. And I suppose that was then when I realized, OK, I want to like open up my own career coaching business so that I can help not just graduates, but all types of people. Wow, that is such a journey. That's really, really amazing because you describe I, I know looking at your, your um, on your website, you describe that, that, that sheer vulnerability and literally not knowing what the future holds yeah. when you even moving from college to a job or moving between jobs. And I'd imagine when you felt that most keenly was that 2009 period, sort of the peak of the recession. Um, Absolutely. And it can be so hard. I know my, my dad actually did commerce in NUIG as well. And I th I'm sure a lot of people listening might resonate with that sort of not being sure what to do when you finish secondary school. And so a lot of people might put down kind of a broad arts degree or maybe a broad science degree to try and leave their options open. Mm. It can be really hard to figure out a niche, I guess, as they move through that time because you're trying to enjoy college and have a life, but you maybe aren't always thinking long term. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think what people tend to do, what I see these days is more so kind of a broad degree and then specialise a little bit in your masters once you know, you know, what you like, what you don't like. Mm. But looking at the market as well, I think that's really important as well in terms of looking at like what the actual availability in terms of jobs after that degree or after that master is. is. Yeah. Well, let's get into this a little bit. So let's let I suppose you, you brought us up to where you kind of came into career coaching as such. But can you kind of tell us what I mean, we probably know intuitively what it is, but mm. I guess if you could describe it as you see it and, and who it's for, I guess. Yeah, um, I'll start with who it's for. Um, mm. It's for basically career coaching is for anyone that has has a decision to make regarding their career. It's as mm. simple as that. Um and, and the reason being here is because without, have you ever heard of someone saying, oh, I just fell into that career. I just fell into it. You really yeah. didn't. We are influenced so much by people around us, by media, by information, by everything. And subconsciously, that's making the decisions for us. Mm. Um, so I suppose 
the why and the who's it for. It's for someone who wants to make more authentic career decisions that are in sync with their life, mm. um, their life as they are right now, because, you know, your life changes and your needs change. So I think as you progress during your career and you need to make different career decisions, it's so important to kind of speak with someone that's non-biased, doesn't really know your life um, and can just help you figure out what it is you need in your life right now and how can your career give you that if that makes sense um, yeah, it's very absolutely. it's very future when you say like what is it it's very future focused so it's very much like we're like it's kind of presence and future focus so where are you right now um what do you need and how can we get you that we mm. sometimes look the only time I would really look back is I would like to look at how they've been making their career decisions and what has influenced them but not to change anything more so that we can just learn from that using it going forward making future career decisions okay there are so many points there I want to pick up on um let me, okay, because I kind of like to take little notes as, I, as I'm chatting on the podcast, but I think that point you made about authentic career decisions and non-biased, I guess, guidance, that really stands out to me. I think from my own experience, I know um, for those who are listening, I've shared my own career journey on Angela's Instagram page, on her stories. You can find it in the highlights. She shared a whole range of them. They're such such an amazing resource. I think it's a great um, thing you've created with that. Um, with okay. mine... Yeah, I just remember I went to a it wasn't a career coach as such. It was more um, I think the person had a background in psychology, but he was working in, I suppose, essentially doing a number of sort of psychology based tests, looking at what your interests were and what your strengths were um, and trying to match up uh, your interests with with your strengths, I guess. And that was how I ended up kind of pursuing uh, science and health and working with people and then looking at healthcare professions. Um, But I think that it is really hard to make non-biased career decisions. Mm. I think that's a really valid point. I mean, we grow up with the influence of our parents and our friends and our peers at school, you know, and particularly in Ireland, we have the CAO system, which can just seem overwhelming in and of itself and trying to actually be future focused in that context, I would imagine is very challenging. Absolutely. And even like, if you you think of like, I, I see it as kind of, there's the second level students, there's your graduates, and then there's your adults. And Mm each group of people are kind of influenced in one way by the same people but in another way in different ways and Mm. I don't think it gets any easier because obviously at second level you're very vulnerable like you you know at like 16 7 even Mm. like 15 really when you need to make your say your choices for um fifth year and leave insert like yeah such a young age and then at leave insert when you need to decide okay I'm going to do this degree or, you know, am I going to go to college? Am I not going to go to college? If I am, what am I going to do? And, you know, is this my path for the rest of my life? Like that's yeah. such, such a big decision to make. And and actually even going to like, like I see a lot of people that come to me, they might have went to their career guidance counsellor and, and they're coming to me saying my career guidance counsellor thinks I should do this. And actually, like when I studied career coaching anyways, no one should ever suggest I would never advise someone what to do. I would help them come to the answer themselves because you're coming to me because you've been influenced so much. Do you know what mm, I mean? So yeah. you need to allow them to come um, to their own decision. Um, mm. How do you see the process of coaching um 
I guess, being different at those kind of, you described three groups there, kind of secondary level, mm. people who are applying to college or not to college, I guess, then graduates coming out of college and adults. Because I'd imagine the listeners I have in this podcast are predominantly, I think most, like it's probably more so that the former two groups, but mm-hmm. even still, I think that's of interest to kind of everyone listening. Like how does that process, or in your experience, how does it differ? It's, it kind of depends on the concern that's coming and why they're coming and why they're having difficulty making a decision. So like if I think of, if I start with maybe the um, the adults um, and that mm. would probably, adults and graduates would be my main kind of bulk of lines that I would see. With sure. the adults, it's usually, you know, I'm going to look at kind of maybe 27, 28 up to kind of 45, if you will. Um, sometimes onwards, sometimes more. And with them, I find the majority of people they kind of fell into something fell into a particular career area and they've got to the stage that they've realized it's really not what they want to be spending their days doing for the rest Mm. of their career and usually that kind of learning or realization comes across or comes along unfortunately due to like what I call um I, I heard it on a recent podcast an earthquake in their life so it mm. could be that they've got perspective due to maybe a health issue a bereavement a personal issue or sheer burnout um, yeah. burnout is a massive I see burnout every day um, it's the main reason that people want to move careers want to do something different um, and that's really I suppose that's so prevalent and it could be a case where you know, they're absolutely not enjoying what they're doing or it could be a case that they are actually enjoying what they're doing, but it's too demanding, it's too stressful. It's leading them to burnout and they're coming saying, you know what, I just want to find a career that allows me to go in, you know, nine to five and to leave work there rather than bringing it home. Um, with, With graduates then, it's a little bit different. Their main concern is, you know what, they're so worried about making this one decision um, in terms of which job they're going to take and they feel like they have to get that first decision right that first job right mm. um, and I spend most of my time there I guess reassuring them that honestly like you will move so many times that yeah. that first decision of course it's important and of course you want to start it off well but you know there's there's not really a wrong decision in a way because at that early stage of your career everything is learning um, I would actually spend a lot of time advising people not to worry about jumping up the ladder very quickly earlier on in the career, but more so doing a lot of, I speak a lot of my Instagram channel about lateral and sideways moves, because that's how you get all of that great learning that will help you then when you want your bump up. Um, and then with second level students, it's about, it's more about awareness, I find in terms of what I try to do is, you know, they can get the information about all the courses and the processes and all of that online. So I wouldn't waste my time um, or waste their time really helping them with that. It's more so mm. helping them become aware of what that what that course actually translates to in real life after the three or four years because I find a lot of with second level they end up coming to me then in you know first year and mid first year or early second year saying they absolutely hate the course and they didn't Mm. realize that um it was going to be so heavy in this area or this area or I see it in the graduates where they're coming to me um and they're saying oh god now I've got my graduate job in this area and it is not anywhere related to my studies and I didn't know it was going to consist of this so what I try to do at an early age from kind of second level and third level is help them understand what they're thinking of studying or what they are studying what that relates to in the working world I think that that last point you made there the translating 
particularly for second level students, translating what a college course looks like on paper versus what it's like in the real world. It's something that is really, really, really probably undervalued. Um, but it's so mm. it's so important. I remember like as like as a, even a, a second level student putting medicine down on my CAO and I, as I've ser- shared in your channel, didn't get it the first time and got it the second time. And I remember feeling like it was just so important that I speak to people who are actually working in medicine, you know, yeah. who are actually doing it day to day because everyone knows the course is grueling. Like that's, it's like when you move to Galway and people say, you know, it rains a lot. You tell people you're doing medicine <laughs> and they go, you know, that's really hard. And you're like, yeah, I got yes. that. Thank you. I, I definitely got that message. But what's the day job like? You know, it's not a magic overnight oh. unicorn situation where you wave your, you know, magic stethoscope and, you know, earn a living. Absolutely. It's not like that at all. And to your point there, Claire, you've made such a valid point, and I spend so much time talking to people about this. One, the first thing I would say is the nearly the first thing I will say to people when they want to make a career decision, no matter what stage they're at, be at the second mm-hmm. level, third level, or a little bit later in your career, is have you talked to people in that area? No. And they're gobsmacked and they turn around and they're like, geez, that's a great idea. But it's 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 free. It's up it's, it's a free thing free. you can do. Yeah. But secondly, what I always say to people is when they do talk to people is to so for example if someone says to you if if you're interested in going into I'm going to pick marketing um, and someone says no I'm working in marketing honest to god don't go down that route ask them why don't just take what they're saying because actually they could they could be saying that because they're actually not a creative person and they've fallen into marketing but Mm. you could be a really creative person and really enjoy that so whenever you're asking someone about their job in order to help you make a decision probing is your best friend ask them well why don't you like it or why do you like it what's the hardest part of your job why is it the hardest part of the job you need to ask as many probing questions as you can and then position it in your life and say okay well would this work for me would I like that because take taking what people say at face value there's no context around it you're not applying it to your life context yeah I think that's such val- that's such great advice so people are taking little notes in their head this thing <laughs> and that's just so important I mean like obviously reading the college course prospectus or like on paper reading what a job looks like is is really important and it's fundamental. But as we've just kind of spoke about, I know I just can't reiterate it enough, like talking to people who are in the job who can tell mm. you day to day challenges, like really basic things. You know, what time do you generally start? What time do you generally finish? Absolutely. Do you get so, a decent lunch break? You know, even yes. simple things, you know. Things outside of the role, because as we know, and it's funny because like, when I talk about adults and and honestly, the biggest bulk of my clients, their concern is work-life balance, burnout, stress. Mm. So if you are, there's one thing finding out about what your degree actually will translate to in terms of the working world, what the job is like, what your day-to-day is like, but, you know, save yourself something and actually mm. ask about how it fits into your life. So even little things like what's the money like? So what's the starting yeah. salary? And at what stage do you get that bump up? Because we all have ambitions for our life. We all want to buy houses at different stage, go on holidays, etc. So, you know what, you need to know how much you're going to be earning. You need to know, like you said, what the working hours are like and yeah. um, what the typical what's what's the culture like in these types of jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, is it very social? Is it not? Um, is it very formal? Is it not? They're all really important things to ask. We actually learned quite a bit in my master's this year about work culture and organizational culture. And I ha- it was part of our health economics module, but it was honestly fascinating. It really wasn't mm-hmm. something that I had thought about too deeply, but it really is. It, it's really important in the workplace. I mean, I say that as someone who's just moved to an entirely new one in a new career path. Um, 
but it's key you know it's it's like the culture of society that you live in it influences you so much and oh absolutely having a positive one an encouraging one an empowering one um really really important and you can find and I had this experience myself and I see it all the time from people when people come to me and they're unhappy they think they often jump straight to I need to change feels completely Mm. and what I often try and dig down to is like what's when did the unhappiness start when did the dissatisfaction start because sometimes it's not the role that's the problem it's that company you're working for and maybe that culture just doesn't work for you and I've had it myself where you know I've worked in in one organization and the culture it just wasn't the right fit for me and then I did the same job in another um, company and thrived and loved it so it's it's sometimes it's not a massive change you need it's just a little fix and you know, if your values are not aligning with the company's values, then naturally you're not going to be at your happiest. So it's very important to drill all the layers. So the industry, you know, the sector, the company, drill down as much as you can. Yeah, it's so multifaceted, isn't it? I'm really interested that you mentioned you feel like you're seeing um, a lot of burnout and you mentioned there's a couple of why's that it might be people are actually unhappy in the job itself or it might be that it's not aligning with their desired maybe lifestyle outside of work anymore the demand they enjoy the work but the demands are just too great um I know you're kind of working in this whole field quite a long time but I'm just curious do you think you're seeing more burnout now yeah and um I know I that's think, a very broad question it's obviously multiple no I definitely but. am Kira, and I think there's a few reasons like I think about this all the time um mm. I think sometimes it's the earthquake um I think technology has something to do with it, to be honest, as well, because remember, we're all in, not us all, but like a large percentage of us are in jobs where we can bring our work home. Um, And it's, it's no longer really a case where you know, you just leave leave your job at five o'clock or whatever time it is and you don't even think about it that evening or, you know, you don't have to log on to do a quick email or whatever it is. And um, yeah. I think that's one part. I think it's the availability of technology and that, you know, you're always on and you can always be on. And um, whether, you know, you're you're forced to be on or whether you're not forced to be on, you can be on and that's, you know, a choice you can make. But yeah. the other thing as well, um, um I think back to the recession obviously I'm a I started my career in a recession and for me it was very evident that um positions were cut people took on a lot more and I'm not sure have we ever I think and and I talked to a lot of my friends who came out of college in this around the same time as me and I think a lot of people haven't forgotten that mindset of you know finding it hard to get a job but then also seeing people around you potentially lose their jobs and I don't know you know since we took on we all took on a lot extra I don't know did we ever give that back do you know what I mean I don't know Mm. did that ever give up but I think everyone just got used to being a lot busier and doing a lot more um so maybe that has something to do with it Mm. yeah but then Mm. the third piece and and to be honest I've learned this myself I think you know, we all want to do well in our careers, particularly in your 20s. You spend your 20s, isn't it, building in your 20s? Mm. Um, and I think you can forget about, I suppose, what gives you joy, to be quite honest, and what you need in your life. And you very much focus on what you need, what you need to do versus what you need to receive. And um, what I would advise and, and what I've honestly done myself as well is I think sometimes it's very important to go back to, me as a person outside of my career what do I actually enjoy doing in my life 
Um, mm. Me personally, I have found that being in nature and going for a walk in the evening gives me such joy. And it actually reminds me that no matter how much stress I had in that day, that the world will go on. The sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of grounds you. Um, some someone you know you might be really interested in music or you might be kind of artistic or you might just love reading books but you haven't been able to read a book because you've been so busy so I think kind of I suppose one of my personal tips anyways in terms of um I'm probably preempting this because I know you're going to ask it but kind of bringing balance um back into between your life and your work I think is to remember what you as a person outside of your career what has given you joy that you might have forgotten about and how can you one either bring it into your work life and if you can't that's fine how can you do it in the evenings in your personal life so that you're maintaining that little bit of um I think it's personality um, and that can sometimes get forgotten um in the busyness of of the working world I think that's such an important point I love the way you put it as well like I suppose like I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Marie Kondo from Netflix at this stage Mm. but like Marie Kondo your life not in the sense of like tidying your room but like tidy up the clutter of your life like what bring it back to the basics of as you say what gives you joy like I completely agree on nature like I take like an hour before in in the morning to myself for a walk and a coffee and that's just something I really love to do and similarly in the evening just being able to go for a little walk or read my book just really simple things outside of work and they just keep you a bit more fulfilled and seeing people interacting and, and yeah. you know all that kind of is just so important as well but I think that is really important to separate out you know you in work from you at home that's it and even um, if you have had you know what like I try to say this to myself now you're a little bit different because you are a doctor and you are saving yeah. lives but I and even when I within management if you know think we're in a very stressful period I would try to kind of remind myself and the team we are not in the process of saving lives we are recruiting people we are not saving lives so I think to kind of one remind yourself of that but I think when you are doing the things that give you joy like me going for a walk in the evening or going Mm. down to the beach you know the beach as well um that reminds me that I'm not saving lives I'm helping people but I'm not saving lives so yeah it's it's okay life will go on as you said, the sun will rise the next day That's and it. it will set the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Well, to bring us to kind of the final thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, obviously you have a wealth of resources on your Instagram and obviously you have your the career coaching side of things. People want to get in touch with you um, more formally. But where do you think we should start if someone is listening to this and saying like whatever level in the three groups we talked about, they might be at, you know, second level, graduate level or adult level. And they're thinking, God, this kind of applies to me. I'm not sure about where I'm at at the moment. Where should a person start? I know you've, you've been doing a lot of workshops lately around this, so it's, it's a big yeah. topic, but even just some simple tips of, of where someone could start to direct that thought process. Got you. I think it's, you know what, I think it's like awareness. So like getting mm-hmm. as much information as you can. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're, it depends on what stage you are. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to figure out what you might want to do, whether that's kicking off your career or in the kind of later in career stage whether you're trying to kind of transition into something new I think um getting as much information as you can and inspiration um, mm. you mentioned it already but on my um Instagram at the integrative coach um I have a series where I have 
all different peoples from all different walks of life and careers of life and mm. um, come on come on and tell their story I suppose share their career journey of what they do but more importantly how they got into it and yeah. I think that's a great place to start because one it's giving you inspiration in terms of oh I didn't know that was a career or I knew about that job but I didn't actually know what it entailed but again more importantly how to actually get into it because that's the blocker for a lot of people like how do you actually get into it specifically if you maybe are in a completely different area but you you know want to move into a different area and um, people get very frightened and think oh I'd never be able to do that but I've had so many people come on that have showed how they have actually transitioned into a new area so that would be the first place there's plenty of stories on my Instagram page but use your own network as well like think about like if you get a pen and paper out and jot down even 10 people that in your life that have different careers and what they do go and ask them because until you know what they actually do and what their job entails from a day-to-day basis you can't actually rule it out um so that would be my first tip asking everyone and then I think the second thing I would say is stop um I would nearly say stop asking people for opinions on what you should do um Mm. because only you knows what is right for you so once you're kind of building up all that inspiration and your knowledge of what is actually out there I think you need to stop I always tell people particularly at my workshops I say stop (laughs) like actually stop and just look back so one of the exercises we do in my first workshop which is career exploration is looking back at all the different um, career stages and trying to figure out what influenced you or who influenced you and deciding whether that was in hindsight a positive or a negative influence and what would you have done differently without that and that gives you so much context because first of all it tells you oh my god I'm relying on this person all the time or this person is hugely influencing me or this thing is influencing me but you just need to I think one figuring out what is influencing you to be aware of it and protect yourself if it was a negative influence and if you don't want to allow that anymore but secondly just listening to yourself so like giving yourself a little bit of space to think okay well at this stage in my life, what do I actually want? Because that will differ from early 20s to late 20s to mid 30s in terms of what you need in your life and what kind of career can enable you to live that way. So I think my biggest, biggest tip um, would be to stop because when people come to me, they often want to run and they want the decision now and they want <laughs> me to yeah. wave my magic magic wand. And it does take a little bit of me kind of explaining, no, 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 you, you need to stop because if we're going to do this properly, we need to kind of take a step back here. So my to summarize, it would be talk to talk to people to find out about what they do, but stop mm. asking people what you should do and yeah. find that out for yourself. That's so I think that that's just such comprehensive advice. I mean, I can even apply it to my to 18 year old me, you know, mm. trying to make a decision about medicine or dietetics. And in the end, I put medicine first, but I think I could easily have put, I don't mean, sorry, just be referring back to myself. It's just interesting yeah, to relate no. to experience. Um, I could easily have put that first slot, but I put medicine down, did a year of dietetics and made, just found it really hard, but made that decision to pursue medicine. But to be fair, like I did speak to my parents about it quite a bit, but I think it's hard. It is. And I, I know from firsthand experience, it's hard to disentangle what you want versus what people are yeah talking to you about not necessarily telling you what to do like I'm very open and supportive parents so they would have been happy with whatever I did but it is it's really hard to tease out and I think it definitely it's worth or what you feel you should do should yes 
that's huge that's another God, topic that's another should. conversation though isn't it <laughs> I'm trying to banish the word should from my vocabulary because I've realized internally like how many sentences I start with should and oh, yeah. I've been telling myself lately like you know like oh I should go to the gym or I should eat this I'm like no no there's no should you yeah. can if you want to and that's it's it. a mindset shift you need it's a to mindset like shift. yeah you, need, you nearly need to stop yourself and like maybe become like a little bit like exaggerated in it in order to fall yeah. back into a balance yeah exactly thank you that was really comprehensive advice I really really enjoyed no that and this whole conversation Angela I'm gonna bring this episode to a close on those amazing points because I think they're brilliant take-home listeners uh, take-home points for our listeners uh, could you give the listeners one final tip maybe to try and bring a little bit of Irish balance into their lives I ask every guest to do this at the end of the episode and it might be something you're trying yourself it doesn't have to be career related it can be if you want it to be um, but just maybe one thing that brings that more balance into a busy day mm-hmm. um kind of touched it on on it already but what I have been doing myself is going back to basics in terms of trying to find out um, what brings me joy, quite honestly, mm. and fitting that into my day. And it's so hard. And there's days where I don't fit it in. Um, but I am trying more and more to kind of hold myself accountable to it and say, do you know what we're all saying? Like, we're so busy. We're so busy. And, and I say it all the time myself. But like, what's what's like I live so near the beach. So what I try to do now is when I'm in the car and I'm driving home, mm. um, I can actually see the water and I'm like, that gives me joy. So I will just yeah. carry on past my house. <laughs> And go to the beach. So my tip, I think, for balance is honestly just to take a little bit of time to try and remember like what genuinely brings you joy, not what mm. you think should bring you joy or not what, you know, you have been thinking has brought you joy recently. But like finding out truly what brings you joy and yeah. just fitting that in to your working day, you know, after, before, during, if you can. And yeah. I think it just really, again, I said it earlier, but I think it just brings that like, we're not saving lives and there is a whole yeah. world outside of your office or your wherever you work, whatever building you work in, there's a whole yeah. world outside of that. And I personally need to be reminded of that. Yeah. And it's definitely helping me. So that would be my little tip. I love that. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I hope everyone really enjoyed this episode. I know I absolutely loved having this conversation and I know there was loads of useful take home tips. I think people might want to even listen to it twice. I feel like I'm going to go back and listen <laughs> to it again. Um, Angela, could you let people know where to find you on your website, social media, flag any upcoming events that you'd like to let people know about? Yeah, sure. Um, so my website is theintegrativecoach.ie longest word ever I know no I like (laughs) Um, it and then my Instagram and Facebook is at the integrative coach perfect and I would really encourage people to check it out like there's such a wealth of career um career story share like you've got like you've myself on it so everyone should just go watch that no I'm joking um (laughs) you've done loads of people you've done doctors you've done um people in business um you've done I know um someone in Joe uh, O'Brien in psychology uh, the happy pair um, yeah. loads, loads of people I'm kind of focusing this I have a new series running now and I'm kind of honing in on career failures so learning wow, learning through your career failures failures because I think that's the biggest way we learn um, wow I'm excited just in that. terms of um, I do run workshops I actually don't have a date in the diary at the moment because I have a few talks coming up so I'll sure. be at BO um, in Limerick on Saturday the 7th of September awesome. and I will be back in my home county on Sunday the 15th of September at Soul Space so um, both uh, really good events if anyone wants to check them out and hear me speak 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for giving us all of your insights and experience and wisdom. Um, and thank you all for listening, guys. If you uh, did enjoy this episode, please let us know. You can get in touch with myself and Angela by leaving a comment on the podcast or dropping a DM towards myself or Angela or both of us. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys for the next episode. Bye.